एंड नमस्ते दिस इज अ लेटर फ्रॉम द बेसमेंट आई एम माधवन वी पब्लिश अ न्यू एपिसोड हियर एवरी वीक डिस्कसिंग द इंटरसेक्शन ऑफ कल्चर एंड पॉलिटिक्स इन इंडिया फ्रॉम अ हिंदू परस्पेक्टिव इफ दैट समथिंग यू आर इंटरेस्टेड इन प्लीज सब्सक्राइब टू दिस पॉडकास्ट ऑन स्पॉटिफाई गूगल पॉडकास्ट एमेजॉन म्यूजिक जियो सावन गाना और एनी वेयर एल्स यू लिसन टू पॉडकास्ट In this letter we examine the idea of right wing versus left wing politics and ask if this political dichotomy is relevant in the context of Hindus living in India. Welcome to the basement. The terms right and left in a political context were used for the first time in the 1700s during the French Revolution. Those in support of traditional institutions like the church and the king used to sit on the right side of the parliament and those seated on the left side were the revolutionaries who wanted to overthrow these traditional institutions. Over time these terms were appended with wings and have evolved into descriptions of the different shades of political thought. The terms generally preferred for self-description by those on the right and left are conservatives and liberals respectively. Conservatives on the right wing promote traditional social institutions in the cultural and civilizational context like religion, family and property rights. They aim to secure social stability and continuity. Liberals or the left wing on the other hand promote group rights and collectivism. They advocate for things like social justice, civil rights and shared resources. Conservatives tend to be pro-market, defend low taxes and advocate for a minimal government. Liberals on the other hand support a large government that tries to steer the society in a particular direction, a direction that the liberals think is correct. And to support this large omnipresent government, liberals advocate for higher taxes on hard-working citizens while at the same time demanding that the government support unproductive citizens and unproductive activities. When a liberal government tries to control the personal life of citizens how can it stay away from controlling markets so it decides what to produce and how much to produce where to sell it and for what price in line with this clear differentiation between the conservative and liberal ideologies there are political parties that espouse those ideas in public and government policies in the west in uk for example you have conservative party and the labor party in us the republican party and the democratic party and in canada the conservative party and the liberal party of course this doesn't mean to say that the ideological affiliation of a political party is fixed in stone and cannot change for example in us do you know that abraham lincoln who abolished slavery was from the republican party and the democratic party at that time supported the slave owners during the present times it is the opposite for the two parties Now that we have seen what happens world over let's consider if we have a conservative and liberal ideological separation in India and if we have the political parties that fairly represent this ideological distinction To start with our constitution in the preamble itself says we are a socialist republic that means no matter what the ideology of a party if they are elected to government they are constitutionally obligated to pursue socialist policy in governance So as a rule the Indian government is leftist. By the way there is something interesting about this term socialist in the preamble. It was not part of the original preamble to the constitution that came into effect in the 
It was inserted along with another term, secular, by the government of Indira Gandhi during the period of emergency by passing the established democratic systems of the country. Before that, we were only a sovereign democratic republic, but after emergency, we became a sovereign socialist secular democratic republic. It is interesting to note that no party that came to power after emergency, even those who fought against emergency to come to power, did not think it prudent to remove this ideological imposition on an entire nation. What does that tell us? That there is no political party in India, at least till now, that really believes that socialism, in reality, leftism, is bad. But if we go by the general discourse on social media or even the mainstream media, it comes across as if the left of center thought is represented by Congress and its friends like the CPI, CPM or DMK. And the right of center is represented by BJP, RSS and their friends. However, the reality is that these two groups aren't that different from each other. For example, BJP and DMK have previously formed a government in coalition in the past. And the Congress is right now sharing power with Shiv Sena in Maharashtra. Even a cursory look at the policy positions that these two groups have historically adopted makes it clear that the distinction along the conservative-liberal axis is not really correct in the Indian context. Both the groups believe in pursuing a social justice agenda. Both sides believe that Hindu belief systems and traditions are regressive and in need to be reformed. And mind you, they are concerned with reform in only Hindu beliefs and traditions, no other religious group. Both have no respect for private pro property and have indulged in taking over people's farms and houses and temples in the name of common good in the past. Both sides indulge in throttling or as they prefer to say regulating the private enterprise, in collecting higher taxes from more productive, risk-taking members of the society in poking their noses into private lives of citizens, you know, like what movies or TV shows you can watch or what books you can read, etc. Both sides offer freebies to farmers, like free electricity, loan waivers, freedom from income tax and minimum support prices. Both take pride in maintaining an oversized, red tape-loving bureaucracy and both believe in government doing businesses and are averse to privatization. So. As far as governance and public policy matters, there is not much of a difference between the BJP side and the Congress side. The major really visible difference between the two sides is in their internal organizational structures. As everyone knows, Congress party is a private property of the Gandhi Nehru family and only a member of that family can become the party president. BJP on the other hand gets its leadership from the ranks of Rashtriya Swamsevak Sangh. They probably have a bit of breathing space for organizational democracy there. Even there, the recent trend has been to worship the eminent leadership of the benevolent, most merciful Supreme Leader G. Also, the BJP side is probably a little less corrupt than the Congress. Mind you, I'm not saying they're not corrupt, only less corrupt. Of course, these are just superficial differences that can change any time. Propensity for corruption can change with a change in personnel. For example, in many states, BJP ministers and even chief ministers have faced corruption allegations. Similarly, the family ownership of Congress has recently faced some challenge from within. 
Does this all mean there is no real ideological divide between the two major political camps in India? Do they both stand for exactly the same things except for some minor superficial differences? Not really. There is actually a very solid line that separates the two sides, except it's not along the right-left or conservative-liberal axis as seen in the Western countries. From the time we became independent in 1947, the politics in India has been divided along how the parties look at the majority Hindu population of the country. The country's leadership at the time of independence was unfortunately interested with people who looked upon Hindus with suspicion and frankly, contempt. They thought of Hindus as this regressive, superstitious people and took it upon themselves to complete the colonial project of civilizing the heathens. So, they made laws that undermined the Hindu traditions and set out on a campaign of indoctrination to undermine the Hindu worldview. They did this through gaslighting, doctoring of history, dismantling traditional family structures and corrupting our educational systems. In fact, this went to such an extent that our constitution itself contains provisions that explicitly deny certain rights to Hindus that are available to the so-called minority religious groups. This anti-Hindu faction included the Congress, Communists and their fellow travellers. This Hindu-phobic governance model was further intensified during the time of Indira Gandhi and her family successors, reaching a peak during the 10 years of Sonia Gandhi's remote control rule. The opposition to this governance model was initially led by the Hindu Mahasabha, then by the Bharatiya Janasang and later on by the Bharatiya Janata Party. This non-Hindu-phobic faction of Indian politics, while agreeing with socialist and welfare policies of the Congress and the Communists, differed with them only on the Hindu question. They coined slogans like justice for all discrimination of none and one nation, one law and the more recent Sabka Saath, Sabka Vikas, Sabka Vishwas. As should be clear from these slogans, they didn't advocate for any special treatment of Hindus, but only for the end of special treatment provided to non-Hindus. In fact, they claimed to represent the true secular faction of Indian politics and accused the opposite side of practicing what they call the pseudo-secularism. So, the division in the Indian politics is not so much along the conservative and liberal ideologies or between the centre-right and centre-left factions, but between those who discriminate against Hindus and those who don't. You would have noticed that I said the division is between those who discriminate Hindus and those who don't. Normally, if one side is anti-something, those who oppose them tend to be pro that thing, isn't it? But the peculiarity of Indian politics is that the non-anti-Hindu side is not really a pro-Hindu group. They are only better in that they don't actively go around thinking up ways to harm Hindus. While they do not make any new laws or provisions that are intended to deny rights available to other religious groups to Hindus, they don't take any steps to undo such measures put in place by the previous dispensation either. Take the case of Article 30 of our constitution for example. The name of this article itself is the right of minorities to establish and administer educational institutions. No such right is extended to the Hindus. And many years after a supposed right-wing government in power, we still don't have access to those rights. Or take the case of the RTE Act. One of the provisions of this law gives the government power to take away 25% of seats in every private school, even if they don't get a single paisa aid from the government. But this law doesn't apply to those private schools administered by the so-called minority religious groups. 
Not only has the BJP government, after many years in power, not corrected this discriminatory provision of the law, they actually helped Sonia Gandhi pass this law in the first place. Or take the case of minority-specific scholarships provided by the central government. My personal belief is that you cannot have an affirmative action such as reservations or scholarships based on a trait that can be changed by a person at will. For example, I will not be able to change my birth caste even if I want to. But if I want to, I can change my religion this very minute. So, giving special treatment such as reservations or scholarships based on a person's religion is indirectly incentivizing religious conversions. Like I discussed briefly in the previous episode of this podcast, while Sonia Gandhi's government introduced minority-specific scholarships, then-Chief Minister of Gujarat, Mr. Narendra Modi, rightly opposed it and even went to the Supreme Court to challenge that scheme. But when BJP formed the government at the centre, Prime Minister Modi not only continued Sonia Gandhi's scholarships, but also introduced new religion-based scholarships of his own and implemented them with more zealously than Sonia Gandhi or the Congress could ever do. One such scheme is Nai Udan, which provides financial support for specialized coaching to minority candidates appearing for UPSC and other such civil services exams. No such support is provided to the Hindu candidates, even those from so-called economically weaker sections of the society. Just think about the absurdity of this scheme for a minute. Government is conducting an exam to fill jobs in the government and it provides financial help to prepare for these exams only to one set of candidates. Fair play and equal opportunity can go for a toss. Then there is the whole story about government control of temple administration. If you didn't know, in most states in India, it is the state government that decides how things should run in a temple. The Hindu devotees who pray there have no say. These temple control laws were initially brought in by the British because, you know, Hindus who built those grand wonderful temples are too stupid to be able to manage them. Then, in continuation of the Civilizing the Heathens project, the Congress government that came in after independence also continued those laws. And the BJP governments that came after them also continued. But that's not the main story here. What's interesting is the hypocrisy of the so-called Hindutva party in all this. Where they are out of power, like in Tamil Nadu or Kerala or Andhra, they are critical of government interference in the temple affairs. But as soon as they come to power, say in Karnataka or Maharashtra or Tripura, not only do they continue these temple control laws, but even enact new ones if they don't exist, like they did in Uttarakhand. So, to summarize, the conventional descriptions of right-wing and left-wing politics don't really apply to India. The right-wing, as is generally understood in the rest of the world, doesn't even exist in India. What we have here is only different shades of the left. Among them, the main differentiating factor is their view of Hindus. There is one set, represented by Congress, Communists, Periyaris, etc., who actively discriminate against Hindus and indulge in Hindu-phobic propaganda and lawmaking. Their opposite camp consists of the likes of BJP, RSS and their friends, who while not actively harming the Hindu interests, do nothing to undo the actions of the other group either. They can at best be described as being disinterested towards the Hindus. So, the apt description of the two political wings in India is Hindu-phobic left-wing and the non-Hindu-phobic left-wing. 
If we want, for the sake of ease of use, we can redefine left wing and right wing in the Indian context to represent these two groups respectively. That's all in this episode of Letters from the Basement. If you like what you heard, please share this with your family and friends. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast. Search for Letters from the Basement on any app where you listen to podcasts. Till next time, stay safe and be happy. Be happy.